All right, all right, all right. Welcome back into the All B Sports Podcast, where it's all BS all the time. With myself, Nick, James, and Brian. We are uh, uh, sorry that we weren't here to give you a few recordings over the last couple of weeks. We were uh, taking care of our families and uh, had some vacations. So, But we're back. It's football season. We already had one game. We're getting ready for the rest of the season. We're excited. Uh, so we're going to kick this off with a couple of uh, housekeeping items and uh, the contracts uh, that were all signed while we were gone. So Deshaun Watson got his big deal. Uh, Jalen Ramsey reset the market. DeAndre Hopkins uh, became the highest paid wideout uh, with his ex- two-year extension down in Arizona. Uh, anything else, you guys? What else you got? Uh, not only is Hopkins the highest paid wideout, he's now the highest paid non-quarterback. So a lot of faith that they're putting into him, but on this flip side they have the benefit of doing that with Kyler Murray being on his rookie deal yeah that was kind of interesting looking at that uh kind of just hindsight 2020 now uh wondering why Bill O'Brien wanted to get rid of him with that kind of money going towards a wide receiver that's a that's a pretty big hit uh a little bit other news I just saw pop up here Titans first round pick Isaiah Wilson arrested Friday for a DUI so that's a it's a big hit to the Titans there yeah, not a good, not a good look for a for a rookie. What position the, does yeah, he the play? Date. He's a tackle, right? I believe. Yeah, I believe you're right. Oh yeah, he's the guy that they got to replace uh, Conklin. Yeah, right tackle. Yeah. Yikes. So. Yeah, not not a good look for the rookie on the on the day before the the league is supposed to really kick off here. Makes you wonder how much alcohol, like guys that big, have to consume to kind of you know get up there to be able to be pulled over for your DUI. <laughs> oh, they should just all have drivers, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, all right, so uh, with the new season brings in a lot of obviously a lot of fantasy implications. We've talked about fantasy this off season. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about the format that um, our All BS League chose to go with, uh, which is the RSO Reality Sports Online format. It's um, a pretty fantastic format in the fact that you bid on players that have, it, it, you know, you can do multi-year contracts for certain players. Uh, you actually have the NFL uh, salary cap uh, number. So the fact that, you know, you're, you can drop 40 million a year on a, on a running back or more, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how these contracts play out. Cause we, how we set it up is we had no rookie draft this year because everyone's all, everyone's equal. So everyone had a shot at every, at every player. Uh, we did do uh, two, four year contracts. We did uh, three, three year contracts and four, two-year contracts we have your standard starting lineup uh one quarterback two running backs two ti- uh, excuse me two wideouts one tight end one flex uh defense and kickers uh then what we we have pretty deep bench though right we ended up having what 23 players total i think 22 22 okay so the uh the draft, we had our draft uh, Monday night, uh, Labor Day, 
Um, and it took four hours <laughs> to kick this thing off. Uh, so, but it's also, it's so much fun because you get to, you get to build your team as if you were the GM. So going forward, uh, everyone's got their team. We drop the contracts down. So there's only one four-year contract that can be handed out after this season. Um, two, three-year contracts and, uh, three, two-year contracts. Do I have that right, fellas? Yes. Yep. Okay. And then you're, that, you're also looking at you got the one extension uh, per year. So you get as, as there's an, uh, contracts expiring, you're able to negotiate a contract with your players uh, throughout the season, um, as well as there's the ability to franchise tag a guy, uh, which comes in uh, completely different than, you know, the NFL in the sense of like, you know, I have Ezekiel Elliott on contract for $42 million, So the average franchise tag is going to be a lot of money going towards these players so um if it comes down to that but that's just an ability to kind of keep the players so it's a dynasty league with a lot of turnover but also the ability to kind of keep your studs which you know a lot of people enjoy but doesn't create this complacent nature that a lot of dynasty leagues do yeah it's like i said you're you're basically acting as gm which is i i mean in a, in a, in a multi-year capacity, right? Like with, with contracts expiring, with being up against salary caps, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, with the last thing we'll say about the draft, uh, the draft and how the, the roster is constructed. So also next year, we will go back to a two round rookie draft and those rookies are on, I, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we started with three-year deals. I think we have three-year deals, and then your first round, I do think we programmed a fourth-year option. option. So if they okay. are working out for you, then I think it kind of works like the, the fourth-year would work like the franchise tag, like it does like with the real fifth-year option of first-round picks, and that if you opt for it, you are paying them quite a bit of money. Gotcha. All right, so let's get into what happened in the draft. Uh, I I ended up getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire on a four-year, roughly, I believe, uh, $37 million a year uh, type of deal, uh, which I'm pretty happy with after his performance on Thursday night. Yeah. Guy guy definitely seems to be busting out of the gate. Need to get him involved in that passing game a little bit more to make me feel fully comfortable, but I'll take what I'll take what I can get if he's going to perform like that every week. As for All right. as for me, ahead, uh, you know, a lot of teams on here went and bid hard out of the gate to get the good players now, win win now, so to speak. And I definitely got mine. I got Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, and like Nick Chubb kind of set myself up for the now but I feel pretty good about the future having secured J.K. Dobbins as well after uh, he unseats Mark Ingram there for the starting role I think he's going to be a stud and I'm sitting pretty good cap wise for the future as well yeah I would say I went I definitely was one of those guys who went really heavy um, on my starting starting but I did also get a little bit of focus on some of the rookies here but so with the starting lineup, I have Russell Wilson, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Juju, Julio, uh, George Kittle. Uh, I went ahead and started Marlon Mack as my flex. I, I like him against Jacksonville this week. 
Um, but then as well as that, I went and picked up Hunter Renfro, uh, second-year guy, looked like he was really flashing. Uh, Henry Ruggs the third, who, uh, if you remember back to uh, kind of our rookie fantasy stuff, that's he. I have him picked as the number one uh, rookie uh, this year. I was able to pick up Chase Claypool for Pittsburgh and Denzel Mims uh, out of the New York. So, yeah, I think that I'm primed here for a good couple years of dominance in the league. Uh, and then I've got some sure, sure. some young guys here that are going to be able to fill in as some of those older contracts expire and we move on. So, yeah, like I said, it's just a fun format. Um, I know we had a lot of people, a few people in our in our league this year that were new to it. Um, we had a previous league uh, where we were the three of us had 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 some experience with it. Uh, but I know that all the, the new guys uh, really, I think, really enjoyed the the concept and the idea of bidding. And like I said, it's it's something it's a it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this grow for a couple of years and, and see who who who, uh, who can become the best GM. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. With that, let's let's talk about Thursday night. Let's talk about real football. How good does it feel? to be watching football it's i thank god thank god is all i can say not only that but to watch just one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen i mean this this game and i guess to complete team play because really this game was 34 to 20 but it wasn't even close to being that close um this was just pure dominance by the chiefs i think they were up 31 7 at one point yeah i think Uh, that was like right Going into the fourth quarter, it was 31-7. So, yeah, yeah anything Houston did was worthless. <clears throat> so, yeah, I had a blast. Um, I definitely – you look at just the Chiefs and or the Texans and kind of everything we've said, that the team's going to go nowhere with Bill O'Brien. Uh, Deshaun Watson has talent, but uh, even then, with him signing this massive deal, I don't think that he's really worthy of it. Uh, just because I don't think that he can carry a team to that next level. I think he's very uh, likely to have success in this league with a supporting cast, but uh, I think that was a poor move on their part by, you know, shipping out a wide receiver, top top 10, top five wide receiver, uh, and then paying Deshaun, and then having this type of opening weekend just blow out happen. Yeah, they're, you know, I mean, they, they spent a lot of money on – getting that offensive line figured out. I mean, with Laramie Tunzel resetting the market, you know, he's on a $22 million a year deal. Um, and it, I mean, it looked terrible. The offensive line didn't do anything in that game. The Houston isn't going to have the same success as they are, as they did last year. And it doesn't get any easier for them. I mean, they got to cut, they turn around and, and go home and they, they have the Ravens coming into town next Sunday. Yeah. It, you know, and then from there they go. Um, oh crap! I can't remember off the top of my head, but they they could very easily start zero and four. Um, yeah, they've got the Steelers and the Vikings. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and then it's at Steelers. So I mean, going. I mean, with Big Ben back in that team, I mean, you definitely expect them to be at least a a solid contender. And then that we saw what that defense was. Uh, so having to go go home to face the Ravens, go on the road to to face the Steelers. Uh, and then, honestly, even playing at home against the Vikings uh, with, you know, Dalvin Cook and uh, that run that run offense that they're going to have, just being able to grind the ball out. So, 
yeah, not a good four weeks for the Texans. Unless you're a Colts hey, fan. Not, no, unless you're a Dolphins fan because we own their first and their second round picks this year. Yeah. So music to my ears. Yeah, yes, that's I, that's the thing. Like you guys were talking about um, you know, them going 0 and four. And my first my initial thought was like, oh man, if they go 0 and four, they're for sure firing Bill O'Brien. And usually if you fire a coach mid season, you know, you've thrown in the you've essentially thrown in the towel. It's like, all right, let's look let's look forward to next year and rebuilding. It's like, well, you can't because you don't have a first and second round pick. <laughs> yeah, you can't, and you spent. You don't have the money to. You spent a ton of money on Laramie Tunzel, now Deshaun Watson, and not to mention the the contract that David Johnson's on that they brought in from Arizona. That ain't cheap either. So you 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 don't have a lot of mobility right now. Yeah, I mean it is unless they can kind of turn things around. And granted, it was the first game of a non-preseason season so you know obviously there's kinks to work out although Kansas City looked pretty fluid say Kansas City had no kinks yeah so if they can well yeah that's a bit easier to do when you have what 21 of 22 returning starters yeah I mean yeah just pick up where you left off but if the Texans don't get things figured out yeah there is a real chance Bill O'Brien has crippled the team for years to come my question is my last my uh, the last thing we'll say about this or last thing I'll say about this before we move on to the other game previews is do we think just does Sean Watson lasts his entire contract in Houston? I think he has to. Um, I think just with the way that the league works nowadays, if you have that quarterback, they just seem to stay there. Um, it's very rare you see those guys shipped off, and um, I think it would take a new coach coming in. Um, you know, and really seeing an issue with Deshaun Watson, which, like I said, I don't, I don't think that there's really an issue with Deshaun Watson outside of the fact that you need to get him solid play calling, solid development, and, you know, a team around him that's going to perform. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't see him leaving, but I could see, you know, a new coach coming in two years from now and saying, hey, let's just reset this whole thing. But uh, the tools are there for Watson, so. Yeah, I think a quarterback is – so hard to find like no one wants to be what the Browns have been for the last 20 years, you know, con- spending first round pick after first round pick, trying to get the quarterback, right. And they're, we're still not even sure if they have the quarterback, right. So when you find one that's even above average, they tend to pay him and they tend to hold on to him. I mean, like look at the Vikings with like Kirk cousins. He is, I would say, slightly above average and they just and they are paying him tons of money and extending him because you know they don't want to have to go into the quarterback hunt yeah i mean i was uh, like like i said the only thing the only reason why i bring that up is if they're gonna if they're gonna make a team around deshaun watson they're gonna need to do something to recoup some draft capital and some cap space to to do that and you know they only have four years on this deal excuse me um yeah, they're gonna have to figure out something quick. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the games this weekend. Let's talk about. Um, let's kick it off here with Seattle and Atlanta. Um, Seattle's flying to Atlanta. Uh, we've said it a few times in previous podcasts that we think that the uh, uh, Falcons are in desperation. They need to win. They're going to need to put the metal pedal to the metal and so to speak, and, and try and win some games because they're going to have to keep up with 
the Saints in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't, you know, I'll, you know, a West Coast team going East on Week One is uh, is a little rough. Uh, so we'll, see, you know, there's always that disadvantage of teams um, flying and, and getting that uh, that that timing off. You know, the what am I looking for, guys? The there's the disadvantage of being three hours ahead. Yeah, like yeah. some jet some jet lag, like uh, pulling in there. Yeah, and I, so, I think uh, the big thing too, as well, is uh, the Seahawks had a major shakeup on defense. Uh, you know, and defense is typically the slowest part of a team to come together. Um, so I would expect uh, the Falcons to be able to pull this one off. I do think that the Falcons are kind of out of their Super Bowl slump. Let's not forget that this was a team that was very, very dominant about three years ago. Um, I think this is the year that they kind of get back on track. Um, I don't necessarily expect them to be dominant again, but I, I do think that with the advantages afforded of being at home week one, like you said, against a West Coast team, I think that they are going to pull out the win on this one. Uh, you know, Gurley being there definitely adds an element to the offense. Uh, and for the most part, they're bringing back a fairly uh, intact defense from from years past. Obviously, there's a few pieces that have moved, but I think that they have the they have the upper hand there. Yeah, I think I'd have to go Atlanta too. Like I'm, I'm a big, obviously believer in Russell Wilson, and you know he can make anything happen. But with the traveling there. And um, traveling there being the disadvantage, and I think with the new additions on offense that the Falcons made with Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst, especially Todd Gurley with him just being on a one-year deal, they're going to use him till they can't. So uh, I think early on he's going to get a lot of touches, and that might turn into might turn detrimental in the second half of the season. We'll have to see, but I can definitely see them being good out of the gate at least yeah i mean i could see this game being one of those crazy games you know coming down to the final drive you know 30 a 27 to 30 type of game um i think seattle's gonna be able to run the ball as they as they always do and then russell wilson will you know, make his magic happen at the end of the game so i do think i do think the seahawks do pull this one out even with the disadvantage um I don't really have a I, – I think, that, like I said, I just think they'll be able to run the ball, control the clock a little bit, but I do think that it is going to have to uh, be a, a high-scoring affair. All right. What All right. Do we want next? Do we want uh, Cleveland-Baltimore? Let's, t- let's do it. Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, Baltimore. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a given – um considering well cleveland did beat them once last year um but you know they are they are going to baltimore for the season opener we saw that defense is legit we know that um uh we know that that defense is legit um so we're you know sorry sorry guys i'm losing my my, my train of thought here so uh why don't somebody else talk about it a little bit Okay, so uh, with Baltimore, yes, Cleveland did beat them last year, but you know, not a lot of teams beat built beat Baltimore last year. So you know that they have those teams that did beat them pegs. Like these are the guys that we need to, you know, punch them in the mouth like they did us, especially Cleveland because they came out of nowhere and dominated Baltimore in that first game, and they came back in the second half of the season and beat them again. But 
I think for sure they remember what happened and they're not going to let it happen again. Yeah, and I know that uh, the Browns are missing a few pieces on defense. Uh, Greedy Williams, Mac Wilson. So uh, that being said, I think that this is a new Browns team. Uh, you know, and I've, I've kind of stood behind the Browns for the last couple of years uh, with the players that they're bringing in. Uh, I'm going out on a limb. I'm taking the Browns in this game just because, you know, with the way that the, the dominant fashion that they were able to beat Baltimore last year, um, I can see if they are able to put that together, that being an every week thing. I think with uh, just everything we saw from the Browns this offseason, just working, uh, the hype's not there. They don't have any of these expectations, really. Um, and there's just a lot of lot of talent on that team. And now they have a guy who actually can call plays, uh, hopefully manage a team from top to bottom. And, yeah, I, I like the Browns in this one. I, I agree. James, I totally agree with you. The talent on this team is, is ridiculous. I mean, OBJ, Chubb, Hunt, Landry, uh, you know, the, the list goes on on the offense. So I think it is going to come down to the defensive side of the ball for the Browns. Are they going to able to contain um, this, the running game that, that uh, the Ravens present? Um, I think this one could be a close game though. I, I, for, you know, I think it could be actually a pretty close game. This division, the NFC or excuse me, AFC North, they always play tough. You know, they always play each other real, real tough. So this, I mean, this is a fantastic week one game for, for me to watch. I think it's going to be awesome. So you taking Cleveland then? I, I mean, I'm going to take Baltimore at home as far as the uh, win loss goes, but I, I'm excited to see Cleveland through the season. I think that, like I said, I think they play them tough and, and I'll give them a series split with, you know, Cleveland will take the Baltimore game when they come in later in the season. What do we think of the uh, New York Jets and B- Buffalo Bills? Buffalo. De- Buffalo. Yes. Down with the Jets. <laughs> FTJ. Yeah, I think Buffalo is going to win. They're just better roster top to bottom. Better they, coach. They're at home. You know, they they have every advantage. Uh, you know, I think that this is likely a year where we see Sam Darnold take that pretty big step forward. Um, he's had a couple of years now to develop, but uh, even you're, then. You're James, I'm going to correct you because you're right in the fact that this should be the year, but not with Adam Gates. It ain't gonna happen with Gates. Well, players can develop without <laughs> players can develop without coaches. Nick doesn't mean that the team's gonna be very good, but I think that <laughs> I think that Sam Darnold takes a step forward. But I just don't think that the team play is there. I don't think the play calling is there. The situational awareness uh, and different things like that that come that are so important in the NFL that Gates does not have because that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, let's not forget that that best defensive player is gone uh, in Jamal Adams. So. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about that, but we're about to see that come full circle here as the season gets underway. Yep, that and uh, uh, C.J. Mosley opted out. So they're, they're, that defense is hurting. Yeah, not a good look. Not a good look for the Jets. Uh, I'm okay with that. Las Vegas uh, and Carolina. Uh, well, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one, even though they're coming cross-country. Um, we just, we, we've talked about Carolina. They are, they're rebuilding, you know, they stripped it down to the studs. They're rebuilding. They, they kept every rookie they drafted, which was all on the defensive side of the ball. They kept every rookie through, 
cut down. So we know this team is going to be young and inexperienced. Um, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the, the Raiders in this one. I'm going to go Carolina. I think, I think it's wow. going to be a high scoring affair. Uh, just cause yeah, both defenses, I don't think are not going to be great, but Carolina has a better wide receiver, uh, DJ Moore over. I get you would pro- I guess you would say Henry Ruggs because Tyrell Williams is out, and then mm-hmm. Carolina has a better running back, CMC versus Josh Jacobs. I mean that Josh Jacobs could close the gap this year for sure, but CMC is still going to be better. And I think like quarterback is is kind of a push with Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Derek huh. Carr there. Not even close. what are you talking about about? Derek Carr is three times better than Teddy Bridgewater on his worst day I mean and I think this uh, sorry James I'm getting in my piece here so I mean Derek Carr is the most underrated quarterback in the league man I mean this is a guy who's completed like 70% of his passes the last couple years Um, you go look at his game winning drives too that's all there you know again this was a MVP front runner until he broke his leg a couple years ago. So uh, I, I was with you up until that point. Uh, but with that being said, the next thing that I would go to is coaching. And I think Gruden has the experience. He has his guys. We started to see it come together. And let's not forget that they, ha- they do have Darren Waller um, as far as you look at receivers go. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Raiders, and I, I wouldn't even have it that close. I'd probably be looking at something in the range of like 34 to 14. Uh, I just don't see there being enough going on in Carolina to to put up the points. And, you know, that that Raiders defense started coming together towards the end of last season as well. So, yeah, I I would disagree, but. I I agree with what James is saying. I don't don't think this is going to be particularly close. I think that offensive line in in Las Vegas is going to just ruin that D-line and the defense that's just unprepared. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a first-year NFL head coach. I mean, he has never coached in the NFL uh, or not, not coached, uh, you know, not been a head coach in the NFL. This yeah. guy built his built programs in college, but he's never done it at the NFL level with all the young people on this, on this Carolina team. I do think, I do think, uh, like I said, the Raiders are just going to run, run the ball and, and do whatever, basically do whatever they want. Yeah, uh, which is music to my ears because go Josh Jacobs. I got a lot. I've got a lot invested in Josh Jacobs this year. Yeah, and I mean the one thing you did hit on was Carolina's defense because let's not forget that they lost the heart and soul of that defense with Luke Keekley retiring, uh, as well as Thomas Davis Senior leaving. Uh, that everything is just going to be a real shakeup over there in Carolina. And I, I, as good as CMC is, he's the only thing on that team that I think is anything really, really above average. So, all right, all right. Let's talk about Detroit and Chicago. The Bears, the Bears, the Lions. I'm, I'm interested in this game. I'm interested to see Matt Stafford come back. I want to see if he's going to start the season the way he left last season. Basically, you know, not a not injured, but being a top five fantasy QB. He was he was on a record pace for uh setting stats for himself um last year before he got hurt. So I want to see that more than anything. Uh, 
and how this uh, Chicago defense and this Chicago team comes together after all the offseason turmoil they had. Yeah, I did just see that the Bears uh, started Trubisky, named Trubisky the starter, which is, you know, kind of a red flag to me. Uh, they're, they're missing Robert Quinn for week one, uh, which is a hit to that defense that we, that you know, those were kind of the two factors that I thought was going to take this team over the top. Uh, so week one, I think that they're lacking. Uh, that being said, I guess Trubisky has had his best games against Matt Patricia uh, and the Lions. So uh, I still take the Bears in this one just because of that defense. I expect, you know, at least a defensive score uh, and just how dominant they were against just shutting down top tier quarterbacks last year. So I just I, I would love, you know, I have a lot of love for Matt Stafford. I'd love to see him bounce back this year and have a big year. Uh, I just don't think it's going to start week one. Um, but I don't think that'll be an indictment on his season by any means. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with Chicago just because I don't know what to think about Detroit. Like, they could be – I don't think they're going to be good, but I can't decide whether or not they're going to be average or really bad. Like, they shipped off Darius Lay, a top-five corner, and then they got Jeff Okuda, which is great, great for the future, but, is you know, you don't know if he's going to be good now. And then I think I will say I think that Jeff Okuda is one of those two or three players that come in the league every year and play like a pro. And I think that he he has that. So I do think that as far as like cornerback, but it but then you look at the rest of the defense and it's like, is there really anything else there? And that's kind of what Slay's issue has been. Has there really been any help around him? Whereas he's been this bright spot on a, you know, a rusty old bucket. Yeah, I mean, they were they were considered a bad a, a bad defense against the pass, even with Slay there. Slay would do his job, take down his the number one guy, and then other teams, they were just so bad everywhere else in the secondary and the front that they could just pass it to pretty much everyone else but the guy Slay was covering. Yeah. Well, the other, the other narrative here, too, is, you know, Detroit brings in Adrian Peterson, we saw on Johnson last year. I think on Johnson's a talented guy. I just don't think he can do it himself. And they uh, drafted um, uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. Swift, yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, but reports are saying that Swift may not be go ready to go ga- uh, at game time he will, uh, uh, due to injury, and Kenny Galladay is doubtful oh, right now. Oh, so. That- I knew there was something yeah. else that was that was telling yeah. me that, and that was my big one is they don't have the number one wide receiver, uh, and I, I that's that was my big big change. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if they were healthy, I'd be taking the Lions in this game, but without without Swift being full hundred percent and and Kenny Galladay being doubtful, I I, I got to go Chicago here because again the what we what we kind of said the defense I don't have any confidence really in the offense on the Chicago side, but that defense should be able to, you know, this could be, this could be a, a 10 to seven type of game fellas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Let's look at the uh, Colts Jaguars. I think this would be an easy one. Uh, I think we're all going to go with the Jaguars here. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Minshew mania. Respect the staff. Minshew mania. Yeah. Chris Thompson coming out of the backfield. Chark week. Let's get it, DJ. No, I think I think uh, we all know where – I mean, maybe a formidable team this year. Uh, you know, they're, they're definitely uh, one to watch in this division. 
Um, I think they're definitely a playoff team, a contender at the very. Um, so I mean, yeah. fantasy talking fantasy here. I think I think it's going to be a lot of garbage time scoring. Hopefully for uh, DR, DJ, uh, DJ Chark and, and the and the Jaguars here. Yeah, and I think that this is a game where uh, Indianapolis needs to come out and they need to have a dominant uh, statement win against the Jaguars here because the Jaguars are a team that's on a downward trend. You know, letting Leonard Fournette go. We'll get more into Fournette here when we get to the Bucks. Uh, but just overhauling that roster, getting rid of AJ Bouye. Uh, you know, pretty much just saying, hey, Gardner, there's nobody else. Let's see what you can do by yourself, which I'm really excited about. I love Gardner Minshew. Loved him at WSU. Uh, kid's a winner. Kid's a superstar. But, uh, yeah, again, I think this has to be a statement win for Indianapolis. So I do look for them to come out uh, and run the ball. Uh, time o'clock possessions. And I'm really excited to see what, uh, what Phillip Rivers can do. I hope he can have that resurgent year because – whether you love him or hate him, he's a guy you want to see get a ring after his career in this league. Yeah, he got close so many yeah, times I... in like in his first ten years when he had Ladanian Tomlinson, and he's just been doing it so well for so long. It's the only be, thing missing. It's the only thing missing from just like a, you know, a, a Hall of Fame career or one of the greats. You know, because you know we just forget how spoiled we've been. To, to watch Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, uh, Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, all these guys since 2004. So you want to see that last guy of that, you know, that old guard kind of pull through. And I think he's a bit the right team. And as a Colts fan, obviously I'm biased with that. But this was a team that, you know, was in the playoffs with luck a couple of years ago and almost made it to the playoffs with basically no quarterback last year. So, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, they have, all the roster spots uh, last year was were there to be successful other than a quarterback that could push it down the field. Yeah. That being said, with them having Marlon Mack and drafting Jonathan Taylor, this could be a team that rushes 30 times a game, both of them having split in the carries at like 15 apiece. And probably, you know, if, the, if everything's going well, they're probably going to have 80 to 100 yards apiece between them. And Phillip Rivers isn't going to have to do a lot until no, playoff that's... time. That's definitely the the idea is that Philip Rivers won't have to do a lot, um, but he'll have the toys if he wants to. You know, T.Y. Hilton at his best is a top five wide receiver, um, and yeah, the the defense that got better with the addition of uh, DeForest Buckner. Uh, I, I would I love to see what uh, Darius Leonard does this year now with that real true upfront presence because it's going to clear a lot of lanes for him uh, to be really disruptive. So. Yeah, we can move on. I'm excited about that, but yeah, obviously we're all no. we're all taking Indianapolis uh, in this matchup. Yeah, I, I I just before we move on, I'm just so excited about football, guys. Yes. I'm so excited we're having this conversation that we got games on tomorrow. I know. I, I was believe it. I was telling you guys <laughs> off air just how long it has been uh, since <gasps> Thursday night to Sunday morning, and to think we have it's... we still have all of today where we have to wait. So college football's on today and I, I don't know where you guys are at all across the country. Hopefully we've got more listeners coming in, but it's just super smoky out in, in our, in our neck of the woods here in Pacific Northwest. And we want to thank all the firefighters and the, and the responders that are trying to kill these things and, and take, and take care of people Absolutely. in the affected areas. Um, but uh, our, you know, our, our, our hearts and prayers go out to those people, but you know, 
not, not, not saying that's a good thing, but you know, we got, we can't really go outside right now due to unhealthy conditions. So we're stuck inside. So we got, we got college football today too. Yep. Yeah, All right. Moving on here. I wanted to look at the Packers and the Vikings. Uh, I'll kind of kick off here. Taking the Packers. They were just so dominant last year. Uh, I love them in general. Uh, was watching this documentary on Aaron Rodgers, and it's it's interesting because I do expect Aaron Rodgers to have a real a fire under his you know his behind. But uh, I was just watching how you know kind of seeing the behind the scenes of how how it felt to be that guy who came in to replace a great. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of stuff. Is there going to be drama with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love? And honestly, I think that Rodgers is going to do everything he can to make sure Jordan Love is in a position to succeed and be comfortable with the media. Uh, so I'm excited to see that relationship grow just because I, I know that Rodgers doesn't want to be the guy to make it harder on love. Um, just kind of take a minute to hit on that. But no, I think the Packers were just so dominant in general last year. Uh, the Vikings do have their Achilles heel. They're going to be able to run the ball. Uh, that was the one thing that the Packers couldn't really slow down last year, but Rodgers and Aaron Jones, you know, I'm taking them all day. I I think I think I have to go with the Packers, but I don't I think it's gonna be real close. Um I think the edge where the edge goes to Green Bay is the fact that Minnesota will be starting the season without Daniel Hunter. So they got Yannick and got Ngakwe from the Jaguars, and I think with him and Hunter together, when they do both get on the field, will make a dominant defensive line that might do so that if they were on the field today would be enough to kind of give Aaron Rodgers fits because, like, let's face it, yeah, they had a 13-3 and season, but a lot of those games were close. Like, they could have easily beat 10-6, and which is still great. But they also yeah, went they into were, the draft and did not improve anything. They were 13-3 and because they have Aaron Rodgers. That's why they weren't 10-6, and though. You know, that's fair. That's, you, you know, that, in, that's fair. That could definitely be the X factor there. But they also yeah, didn't well, didn't do anything to improve an offense that uh, really was um, lackluster compared to years past, other than Aaron Jones. Yeah, I, I did also just want to say it's pronounced Daniel. Daniel. Oh, okay. Daniel Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, this is the problem when you read only read names <laughs> rather than like hearing it. Um. So real quick, let's uh, let's talk about Green Bay a little bit. Um, they they had I think they went eight and one in one score games last year. Uh, that is yeah, like way outside. Yeah, they they do not the... repeat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's way outside of the norm. Um, that that you know, being I, we have a lot of divisional games this week. Or week one, obviously, um, we've talked about it quite. I mean, they're just all over the place, but. Being a divisional game, being on the road in Minnesota, that with that even even with Daniel Hunter out, you know they got Yannick in. I think this defense is going to be good enough to hold this offense back. Uh, you know, like I said, we they didn't do anything to really help improve it. Um, and I think um, you know the the looking at the injury report here. Billy, the guard Billy Turner, who's an all-star or not an all-star, a pro bowler um, for the, for the Green Bay Packers. He's doubtful to go in this game. Uh, I, I just, I, I feel like this is going to be um, a little bit of a runaway in the Vikings favor. I, I mean, 
27, 17, but not feel that close type of thing. So we'll see, we'll see what what happens. Um, The biggest takeaway from me on the green Bay side of this game will will be who's number two to Devontae Adams, as far as fantasy is concerned. And that's where I think green Bay gets the edge that uh, Minnesota had bad corner play last year. And then they got rid of those guys and like didn't really go get anyone of note to replace them, I think. So I, I suspect that the bad corner play, or at least below average, will continue. And Devontae Adams, and then whoever decides to be number two that week, is going to have a field day. Yeah. All right, so All Brian, right. Are, you with, are you taking Green Bay, or are you I, going Minnesota? I think I'm going Green Bay. All right. Okay. All right, so we have two more ten o'clock games here. Um, we're going to save the the one we we're, the one I really want to talk about for last on the ten o'clock games. So let's talk about oh, Philly and Washington. <laughs> uh, let's Philly at Washington. We've talked a little bit about Philadelphia and their um, recent injury woes. I mean, the they lost their left tackle uh, and their. Uh, all pro right guard Brandon um, Brooks when they yeah when they lost Brandon Brooks they re-signed Jason Peters their former left tackle who's what I think 38 or 39 years old now he's getting to play right guard um and then their left tackle went down so they just gave Jason Peters a bump in his pay to go back and play left tackle and now that I don't know who they've got filling in at right guard um, that on top of the injury concerns, I mean, Jalen Rager now sounds like he's going to be able to go, uh, dealt with a shoulder injury in training camp. I think um, Alshon Jeffrey's still like he, out. Yeah. And, and I mean, and they have, De, uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, who, you know, is fantastic when he's on the field, but he's getting older and he's been very, very much injury prone over the last few years of his, of his career. So I still think I'm going to take Philly in this one. Yeah. It's um, like with all that de- being said. Their defense. Yeah. Their defense is going to be really, really good. Uh, we just don't know enough about the, the red excuse. Ooh, I almost said it. I didn't say it. The Washington football team. I wanted to be the first um, one to say the Washington football team. Cause I'm taking the Washington football <laughs> team. Whoa. As, all right. As the winners you in this the game. Floor, sir. So uh, I'll say it until my dying breath or until I'm proven wrong. Uh, Who's that quarterback? Carson Wentz. He just never impresses me. Uh, And especially with what they're going to go through with this offensive line. I don't think you saw the way the team used to rally around Nick Foles. uh, And there was obviously a character thing going there, whatever it is. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not even saying that Wentz is a bad guy, uh, but he's not the guy who lifts this team, uh, you know, when they're down. So, with everything they have going on with the offensive line, uh, and and then you look at the defensive line, which is probably going to be the best defensive line uh, in football. I was looking at this this morning. Um, wait for something to load up here. So on the defensive line, we've got uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, and then bringing in behind them, we, they brought in Thomas Davis Sr., who's a who's a brilliant football mind. Uh, we'll see. Obviously they have Landon Collins back there, Troy Apke at safety. So they have some positions on defense. They brought in Ronald Darby and Kendall Fuller. 
never been game changers in any positions, but, you know, are proven veterans to, to be out playing on the field. Uh, quick note, quick note on Thomas Davis senior. He is out for this game oh, okay. uh, on the injury report, but I think just his, you know, him being around uh, is a big impact for the team. And I like, you know, what they're going to be able to do, uh, you know, with the new coach, Ron Rivera over there. And yeah, I just, I see more flaws with, uh, you know, with Philly at this point. And again, I got to stay, I got to stick to my word. I said that Washington's going to be the dark horse this year. And I just looking at him with this first week matchup, I, I, I'm leaning towards them. Uh, they are definitely built to stop the run with your defense, you know, listing off the defensive players there, which makes sense given that they play in the, uh, same division as Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders is coming at, you know, his, his name is rising through the ranks. So they definitely have dedicated themselves to not letting those guys be successful. Yeah. They can stop the run. And then, you know, the, the uh, Montez sweat has proven he can get to the quarterback, you know, averaging around 10 sacks a year, Matt Ioannidis, same thing, 10 sacks last year. Uh, Chase, Chase Young, Young is be huge. obviously, uh, Ryan Kerrigan can play with his hand in the dirt. He can also stand up and play in coverage. Uh, he's a proven, proven that he can get to the quarterback. Um, so all these guys are guys that can stop the run, but are also able to get to the quarterback. So just kind of wanted to hit that note as well. I think for me, I think it will be Philadelphia winning. But if it turns out that Alex Smith starts, which I don't think he is. If, if No, I don't think. If he no, starts tomorrow, I then think, I, I give think... my eggs to Washington. Yeah, and so one thing that I wanted to point out here, I was reading something. Uh, so Dwayne Haskins finished last year against the Giants and the Eagles, uh, 31 of 43 for 394 yards and four touchdowns. Against Philly, he was 19 of 28 for 261 and two scores. Uh, so we kind of saw the worst of him early in the season, uh, but – we saw what his potential is. And obviously if you look back to his college days, you see what the potential is there too. Uh, I think Dwayne Haskins might be a little bit better than we, than we give him credit for. Uh, if not just being, you know, a middle of the road game manager, I think that this, he's actually a guy who can, if a team is close, just carry him right over that hump if they're close. So, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I, I you know, that the, I'm, I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins, the you know, the coming out of the draft and, and going into the situation that he did into into Washington there. Uh, I mean, hopefully for my fantasy team and Terry McLaurin, yeah, he gives he gives him a couple more scores. So I, I'm on. I mean, I'm all on board on that. All right, let's uh, let's see. L.A. Chargers and Cincinnati. Well, just it's L.A. Chargers. We missed the ten o'clock game. There. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> we, yeah, we got one more ten o'clock game. Oh, bro. I thought you wanted to save that for like last, last. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. We have the Miami Dolphins traveling up the road to New England for this matchup. Last time we saw them on the field together, Miami took them down. <laughs> Something to hang. So a friend of mine. So Tom Brady's not there anymore. So I think the the Miami Kryptonite is gone. I think that that's yeah that ship has sailed. I don't think so. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a, uh, a message the other day that Cam Newton said before the game. He's like, "I don't get butterflies. I give butterflies." My my my, my, my excuse me. My automatic response. So I was like, "Pick sixes, baby." 
Mark my words, he throws one pick six in this game and probably two interceptions total. I think Cam Newton is that that receiving core is going to let that happen. Is what's going to happen in this in this game? That our secondary the, for the Dolphins is is going to be blanketing coverage on these on these wideouts, and they're not going to give Cam any 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 space to throw the ball. I think the Patriots it, rush for 190 yards in this game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ain't gonna, and, and Cam's going to have 70 yards throwing. It ain't going to be enough. I think it, I it was think, enough I for the Titans my, in the playoffs. Against you? Yeah. Sure. I'm just saying that's a winning formula because it worked in the playoffs <laughs> twice for the Titans. So I, I just no, – I, I, I look back to when Jacoby Brissett stepped in. Um, you know, Brian and I were talking about this this last weekend. And the way that they were able to change this offense from Jimmy G starting two games, you know, starting for Brady, yeah, they changed the offense for Jimmy G. And then Jacoby Brissett comes in and they changed the offense again completely for Brissett. And their ability to do that so seamlessly uh, just – it's made me think about it. And Cam Newton – at his best, is a phenomenal football player. At what we normally see him as is an average football player. I think we're going to get the phenomenal football player from Cam Newton with the Patriots, just with McDaniels, just with Belichick. They're going to say, hey, I don't want you throwing the ball, you know, more than 25 yards downfield. I want you to take checkdowns. I want you to use your feet. I don't want you to take hits. We're going to engineer some read options into here. Uh, and again, I think that Sony Michelle takes that big leap forward. I, I I've just seen him play and everything that I've seen about him. He, he impresses me. Dolphins are the big question mark for me. They could be that team that is just really, really tough to beat this year. But, you know, as I've said before, I'm going to take the Patriots until they start losing. So. Agreed. What else you got, Brian, before I'm going to go on a little bit on the soapbox here. Um, You know, you're talking like this big secondary thing for the Dolphins and like, one, they're unproven. And two, Xavier Howard is a man coverage guy, and Byron Jones is a zone coverage guy. And it's like, you know, so at any given time, one of those guys is going to be not in their in the defense that they want to be in. And so I'm kind of interested as to how that's going to work out. Byron Jones is not just a zone coverage guy. He's a man coverage guy. He can co- He's covered the best in the league. Uh, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but when he played against Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas had two catches for like 17 yards in the, in the last matchup they had. So don't give me that. He's just a zone coverage guy. These, the dolphins are going to be able to play press man coverage with just about anybody that the the Patriots will put on the field. They have Eric Rowe, who's going to be their, your uh, tight end wipeout tight end coverage guy. Uh, They're good. Like I said, they'll put Xavier and, and Byron Jones on, on who do you have at wide receiver? You're going to give me Nikhil Harry and 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 Julian Edelman, who's ancient, ancient uh, but no, still take, getting it done. I'll I'll take my I'll take my I'll take my chances with the uh, the younger you know the guys that have tested crazy athletically against a 34 year old uh, slot cornerback uh, or slot receiver. That being said, I, the Dolphins last year under Brian under under. Uh, head coach Brian Flores were five and four in their last nine games. That's with a the what were what was 
widely regarded as the worst roster in the in in in, in the NFL. The, the there was people it, prior to the season saying that this is morally morally reprehensible what the Dolphins did, and they won five out of four, uh, of the four five, excuse me five of their last nine games. They had a major roster turnover this year. They have a ton more talent on defense. They, they, they from the opening day roster last year. They have 21 players of the 53 that are the same from 2019 to 2020. They have a ton more talent on defense. And they've had this is gonna no Nick. And so I understand everything you're coming from, but they've also had no off season. They've also had no preseason. So you 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 take all this stuff on paper and it looks one way. But at the same time, you have to ask these guys to show up and play as a cohesive unit when these guys have never stepped on a football field at the same time. Uh, when you look at even just man coverage, his own coverage, you have to expect guys to understand when is this guy going to pick a guy up out of the zone? When is this guy going to drop? Where, you know, where do I play versus this coverage versus that coverage? And again, if, if, if it was just, you know, four verticals every play, yeah, the Dolphins are probably going to dominate the Patriots. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do that. Bill Belichick and McDaniels are far too smart. They can see that they're outmatched athletically. They can see that they're outmatched from a talent's perspective. But, I mean, nobody in their life has ever been able to legitimately cover Julian Edelman. So, regardless of if he's 34, until he actually stops making catches and being the most open guy in football, again, you got to go with the guy who's, who's truly proven versus a team that just, you know, they haven't played together. You know, and you, you hit on it with them only – turning over they're turned over half the roster so you you just don't know what you're going to get there so i would just say if you're a dolphins fan outside of this podcast just be very understanding you have no idea what you're going to get and it could take four or five weeks for this team to even start coming together no i i agree with what you're saying james i'm i'm just i'm like i said i just went on my soapbox <laughs> um Last thing, last thing is that the Patriots defense took major hits this offseason between opt-outs and, and players leaving. Yep. And we added one of the biggest offensive lines in the league, and we've got a, a, a hammer in Jordan Howard. I would, I, I would this, expect Howard to be able to step in immediately with that offensive line and be able to be productive. I, would, I do see that happening. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a, there's a legitimate shot that the Dolphins ha- can sub- shock the world and win this game. I'm not sure if it would be a shock the world moment just because everyone is down on the Patriots. I, um, not like it was last, you know, like it was last year when they did beat the Patriots in week 17. Everyone did not see that coming. I did. Well, fine. <laughs> I, yep, so did I. <laughs> I had I had Pickham's picked and I had Miami picked. So just saying. I mean, Miami's going to win one of these games this year. It's a divisional. They, it's divisional, and I just don't know if it's this one or the next one, but they're going to take at least one. They always seem to. Most of the time, it is down in Miami's, but I think they're coming up to New England this this go around. So, yeah, I mean, it could just as easily be how it has been years past. New England wins this one, but when we go down there, we lose. Just yeah. I mean, I'll be watching. Okay, so. All right, we've spent a lot of time on this, yeah. and I, I'm sorry. I know it's just it's our teams, and I got to talk about it. The, la- the before we move on to the one o'clock games, the last thing I'll say is Brian Fitzpatrick and Chan Gailey have run this offense prior. You saw it, you saw it super successful with two big wideouts in New York with uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I'm just throwing that out there. They, they've 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 worked together in previous seasons, so it'll it'll be it's not totally new as far as what the offense is with the quarterback 
at the helm. Fair enough. Okay. Can I just? All right. So now that I'm. I, oh, go ahead. Well, Ken. I do have to because you you say it, then I have to, and then you and then we. <laughs> I will say if there's a matchup that I don't like, that I'm in favor of one direction or the other. Um, it the way that that offense has always worked is a lot of really down the field stuff, and Jonathan Jones and Stephon Gilmore are not going to let Devontae Adams and whoever else most you mean likely Devontae run. Parker. Devontae Parker, sorry. Um, you know, Devontae Parker might be able to do something, but I mean, that's going to be about it. And even then that's 50, 50, because that's what his statistics are. It's 50, 50. <sighs> he did it last year in the last game of the season. Yep. So it, it it's going <laughs> to be a who shows up and what does what, but it'll be a fun game. I think. All right. Yeah. A lot of questions to be answered in week one. Um, all right. So one o'clock games, um, let's talk about the chargers coming over West Coast team headed east to play the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow in his first NFL game. Taking the Bengals. What? Ooh. <laughs> what is? Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I feel like with you're you. lying, just, James. I just. No. Just want to say that. No, I'm taking the Bengals. Okay, I well, called this. Just... I called this like six weeks ago, guys. You're lying to yourself. Ooh. Hey. James, real quick, let me uh, let's talk about the injury report here. Their right, ta- uh, I believe it's their right tackle, Brian Balaga. Yep. Questionable and center Mike Pouncey out. Yep. Okay. Well, it- guard. Oh, guard Trey Turner, questionable as well. So they may not. They may be playing their second string offensive line. Yep. Well, to to follow that up, Cincinnati will I think is going to be doubtful on geno atkins playing geno so atkins, yep. if they're out interior out. guys so is cincinnati so i feel like that's more of a push yeah uh dino atkins is listed as out safety sean williams lift listed as out and and cornerback Lashawn sims doubtful for the uh, cincinnati Bengals. yep yeah so oh. i think joey bosa and melvin ingram have a field day and they each get like a pair of sacks on burrow i think welcome I think to, that... to the nfl I think that Burrow and I think that Burrow and Mixon, uh, is it Taj Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. I think those guys, AJ say, Green, AJ Green. I say I say they break out and they say, hey, we're here to play football. We drafted this guy number one overall for a reason, and I'm telling you, it wasn't a fluke what he did uh, in LSU. I watched the gameplay. It was a lot of processing, and it was getting to the first read but he was getting to the right first read every time. So I, and then I just, the chargers, I just don't see anything from an offensive standpoint that impresses me. Um, I, you know, Tyrod Taylor is not a guy who's gonna, you know, take your team to the next level. Uh, I don't know. I, I see him as a, you know, middle of the road game manager, you know, they don't have the big running back. I mean, Eckler should be decent. Um, yeah. I just, I don't see it. And then outside of defense, I mean, uh, was there something with uh, their safety? In Derwin James, Derwin James is, yeah, Derwin is James is out for the year. So that um, is huge. But yeah, I, I think that Joe Burrow shows. I don't think he has a great game, but I think he has a very solid game week one. Um, and I think a big part of that is that, that with Joe Mixon, he has that checkdown guy who's proven that he's phenomenal in the run or in the pass game, but also great in the run game. So. Uh, the tools are there. I'm sticking think, with it. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Burrow will be great. I just don't think it'll be great this season because their offensive line is atrocious. Their defense is 
not good and getting old, especially on the defensive line with Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Uh, See, I think they just tanked last year. And I don't think, I think that they refused to admit that they were tanking, but I think that they tanked under the radar to go get their quarterback. I know, I know last year, never going to be that guy. I know last year they had, we had what we, what we coined like as the tank bowl, which was Miami and uh, Cincinnati who ended up winning that game. Since he did. Oh, okay. Um, like a one. Or no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think since he did. They didn't win much more after that. Or, oh, shit, I can't remember. But, anyways. anyways, Burrow is the future of that team, and I do think he'll be great just because, like, they, the Cincinnati had a tremendous confidence in him, even to the, you know, the, there was the rumor, and I think it got confirmed that they sent Burrow their playbook before the draft. They're like, we're taking you. No one's taking you from us, and we have that much confidence where you just we just want you to start learning the offense now. Yeah, yeah. Also, Miami won that game. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got two out of it, so I'm still happy. But then, the, then, <laughs> then the Bengals came back and dominated the Cleveland the very next week. As soon as they knew that they had the number one pick wrapped up, so like <laughs> that just goes to show you they were like, yeah, we're terrible, but look what we can do. I, I okay so pickums I still think the uh, Chargers win this game. I don't I, I don't think the Chargers are a good team in the long run, but I do think they win this game just because it is the, the with the offseason that we had and the in the rookie quarterback I think the Chargers get it done. Wrong 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 wrong. Moving on. <laughs> Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Now, no no no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I can't believe this is isn't a prime Yeah, time. like I'm just going to open this up and say the fact the last that one? they didn't have this as the Sunday night game is just atrocious. Let, let's come back to that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so the only other one at 125 is the Arizona-San Francisco 49ers. Arizona at San Francisco. If this game gets played, I mean, right now they're talking about measuring air quality for legality of people being outside and playing a yeah. football game right now. I did receive an update that, like, Tevin Coleman, I guess, is questionable simply for the air quality uh, because I guess he's got, uh, like, not sickle cell anemia, but he's got, like, the sickle cell genes, so... Like oxygen cell trait, yeah, yeah. So like, oxygen is a big thing for him. So obviously, if the air quality index is not good, then he he'll be he won't be able to play. Yeah, if this game is played, I want so bad to take the 49ers, but there's like this little nagging thing that says the Cardinals are going to upset them week one i I, so i can't agree with you more (laughs) like i want the i want like my my brain tells me 49ers that defensive line my heart tells me i think arizona has the firepower now to do it if if they do have the firepower to do it i think if they do win it'll because do it'll be because the lack of firepower san francisco has being really strung out wide receiver wise and if they are out Tevin Coleman, then it's really just down to Raheem Mostert, and that's not what they want to do. They want to have that healthy committee to really split the carries and remain fresh legs. Yeah. So th- I think that's what it would come down to. Yeah. That's, look, re- I, real quick, before we get too far in, I just want to note the injury report. Josh Jones, the, the tackle, uh, I believe they, they took him for their right tackle in the third round of this year. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals uh, is out. Uh, Debo Samuel for the uh, Niners is out. Jason Verrett, cornerback, is out for the Niners. Brandon Ayuk and 
guard Benjamin Garland are both questionable for the Niners. Yeah, and I'm just going to pull something up here real quick. Cardinals. It'll be interesting to see what Kenyon Drake does this season, pretty much given the helm. Um, you know, we saw what he could do as, a, as kind of a workhorse back in that, stri- in that late run in Miami in 2018, um, you know, went before, uh, before the end of the season there. You know, that five-game pace he was on was pretty ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see what he'll do as the uh, the the main workhorse in this offense. Yeah. So uh, what I my biggest concern with him, real quick, James, yep, let me finish yep. on Kenyon Drake. Uh, my biggest concern with him is will his body hold up? That's all I got. Yeah. So my issue here. Um, so let me jump into this real quick. So looking at their week, their first matchup last year, um, they were at Arizona. It was twenty-eight twenty-five for San Francisco. Murray had 241 rushing yards. Drake had two or 110. And then when they went to uh, San Francisco, Kenyon Drake was held to 67 rush yards. Uh, Kyler Murray was held to 150 yards, sacked four times. Uh, so obviously, you know, going into San Francisco was a big issue and playing them for the second time was a big issue. So, um, looking at all those, I'm going to stick with San Francisco just because they were just so good last year. Um, they just proved me wrong. I thought that they were just that fluky team because they were beating nobodies. Um, but they were just so good down the stretch that I'm going to stick with San Francisco, but I would, I, it's like a 51, 49, 51, 49, San Francisco. <laughs> I'm going to San Francisco as well. Yeah. I mean, the smart play is to go with San Francisco, but I could see this, this game I think is going to be closer than the spread they have as, as San Francisco minus seven points. I think this game is going to be closer than that personally. Yep. All right. So okay. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Yeah. I was going to save them for last, last. Oh, I mean, we can well, get we into talk it. about the Monday night games. Yeah. I guess we can get into it, but it just what a game. This game should be yeah. Monday night football or Thursday night football or Sunday something. night football. Yeah, something. You know, I just I don't like that. I don't like that we're we're discussing it as not a prime time game. You know, I feel dirty. Their next matchup, if it's not prime time, is just atrocious. Because then, well, they have like six prime time or seven prime time games on the schedule. The Tampa Bay Bucks do. It's more than anybody any other team in the league. So, I mean, we'll we'll have prime time games to watch your precious Brady, Brian. Well, it's not even that. I mean, it's it's Drew Brees. You yeah, know. I mean it's uh, yeah, it's not even the fact that it's Tom Brady with the new team. It's like we have Breeze Brady, like you like know that, Breeze and Brady. Yeah, how many, no, I how mean, many times it, have Breeze and Brady played each other in their career? I mean, it's not a lot, just given that they were know, it spent their entire careers in different conferences. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they, I, I assume they played well. Brady's beat every team well, in the no league, one. so. Yeah, I mean, they had their early bouts, Brian, back in the day when Breeze was, uh, you know, in 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 uh, oh, in in in, in as a Charger, yeah, yeah, San Diego Charger, San Diego Chargers. That's what I was trying to spit out, but I was obviously stuttering like a fool. Um, I mean, yeah, this this game is, you know, two first ballot Hall of Famers quarterback, and you know, talent plethora across both rosters it's this game is going to be fantastic yeah truly two of the greatest quarterbacks ever play the game obviously one statistically and one uh you know from a standard of wins and super bowls winnings Mm -hmm. um you know brady's i think they've averaged a top 10 defense in his career uh 
I think the Saints and Drew Brees have averaged a top 18 defense in his career. So, you know, it's a big difference as far as their supporting casts go. Um, but I, I, I've stared at this matchup for hours trying to figure out who's going to win this game. And I can't, I can't pick it. I, I well, can't. Let's, before we before we do that, let's, let's Mike Evans is questionable. Doesn't matter um, for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, we have center Caesar Ruiz out for the um, New Orleans Saints. That's their uh, that was their rookie. Um, PJ Williams, cornerback, is questionable, and defensive end Marcus Davenport is out for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, can I mean, can the Bucks stop Leonard Fournette? Just start there. You mean New Orleans? Oh yeah, New Orleans. Can New Orleans stop Leonard Fournette? We'll just start there. I yeah, I think their linebacking core is is going to be. I mean, they still have the, the a, a strong defensive line even without Davenport, um, and their linebacking core is going to be just fine. They still have you know good good uh, good cor- um, secondary play. So I I don't I don't I don't see I really don't see this game being that close. Honestly, I, I really think the Saints are going to kind of just put Tom and the Tampa Bay Bucks in their place a little bit. I mean, this, we were talking about all the Dolphins turnover and stuff. The, the Saints or the, 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 the Bucks have got not as, not nearly as much turnover, but they have a whole new system that Tom Brady's working with that all these running backs are working with. The only, the only thing that really stayed consistent on the Bucks side is the defense. No, it, well, it's I'm, not a new system. Ta- uh, Brady is the one dealing with the new system. All the other players are the same thing, but that being said, you know, obviously there's got to be the acclimation period still. Let's and, not forget that Tom Brady is Tom Brady and that he was meeting with guys when it was illegal to meet with guys. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if there's anybody who so has, we really... <laughs> if there's anybody who's had an off season, it's Tom Brady and whoever he had wanted to have an off season with when they weren't supposed to. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was sitting there so... holding practices in a high school football field and the league is like, you should stop that. He's like, I'm not on a NFL field, so make me. Yeah, we're just, so what we're we're just really a couple saying, guys hanging out here. So yeah, so what we're really saying is Brady was behind Spygate. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've been saying. That's why Belichick, uh, never, Belichick, and Kraft never knew about it, right? Well, I, that you know, there's something to be said. Like you know, I think Brady came out and even said it himself. He's like, I haven't had to learn the new playbook in 20 years. So you know, I mean. I think there's going to be some things that there's going to, you're going to see some hiccups in this in this first game for them. You know, I don't think everything's going to click right away. So, and and that big, you know, a flip side is the offense on the on the uh, you know in New Orleans there is is pretty much all the same. You yeah, know, you got Kamara, you got Latavius, you got Michael Thomas, uh, you got Drew Brees, and then you bring in you bring in uh, aging yet still very capable wide receiver and, and Emmanuel Sanders to help relieve some of the pressure. You got Jared Cook. Like this, I think this offense is just going to roll. And and I think I think I think that I think that like I said, I think the Saints win, and I don't think it's honestly that close. Yeah, I think new. I think it will be close, uh, but New Orleans still wins simply for the fact that there is that they didn't have a whole lot of turnover on both sides of the ball. But yeah, you to say that go back to what you said about Tom Brady not learning a playbook in twenty years. I think like it might be a rough start just without the off season, but I think Brady's gonna get back to like really having fun with football. Like he always had fun because he's such a competitor. 
but like the last few years, you know, the offense struggled in New New England, and now he's going to have all these toys, and he's just like he's going to be playing with a smile on his face. And I think down the stretch, like we're going to see some some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would just say like obviously the Saints are an extremely formidable team. You know, they were very very good last year. They've been very good for two or three years now. Um, but you went you look at what the chiefs do to people. Uh, and that's really what this bucks offense is. I mean, Gronk is back, whether you, whether he's back to a hundred percent at some points, he's going to be a hundred percent on that field. Um, you know, even when, even at the end of his career in those big playoff games, he was the reason, you know, he was the reason that they beat, uh, the Rams, you know, his ability to make that big play in a big game. Uh, is is just there and then you look at that tight end room in general so even without Mike Evans out there they still have Chris Godwin who had 1400 yards or something last year Uh, the defense was just amazing as well last year you know they were the best against the run so that if that that's easy for them to carry over you know they had one of the leading you know pass rushers last year with the system that they ran Uh, you know it's just everything is coming together for Tampa Bay to just be dominant and I think that even with Tom Brady being in decline, which to me is very obvious to others, maybe not so much. I just can't see how you could just even slow this offense down. So I'm taking Tampa Bay, even though I really want to take new Orleans because I'm just questionable about Tom Brady, but I'm going to, I'm going to for the once in my life, suck up my pride and I'm going to not question Tom Brady until he (laughs) proves me wrong and they start losing games. All right, let's move on here. Sunday night, Dallas and LA. The they have this game or Vegas has this game at Dallas minus two points. And I think that's pretty ridiculous. I honestly I, I think the Cowboys run away with this game. Um there's really not a ton of injuries to uh talk about. The only notable one is uh Jordan Lewis, cornerback, uh is out for the Dallas Cowboys. No injuries on the Los Angeles Rams. Um, which is good because that offensive line is garbage. Um, and I think the, the, the defense for the Cowboys is going to be able to just basically run through that. Yeah. The Dallas did some things with their defensive line and it's just going to be a force with like the Marcus Lawrence Lawrence. They lost Gerald McCoy. I don't think that's that big of a deal for just given the other pieces that they have with like Don Terry Poe, they got Randy Gregory's getting reinstated. Uh, they got one. There's a few other guys. I, I can't bring myself to remember them all. But if watching Hard Knocks, like you got to see some of L.A. Rams scrimmage. And if that was any indication, like Aaron Donald had four sacks that you saw on camera in that scrimmage. If that's any indication of what the offensive line is going to be like, the Rams well, are going to be in trouble. Well, that I mean, that's Aaron Donald. It's the, well, yes, one of the, that's, that's one of the greatest football players to ever step on a field. I mean, truly, you're, he, you're, you guys aren't calling him by his real name. He's the Hulk. He is the Hulk. Really, I mean, really, so <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to use Aaron Donald against their offensive line as any indication because I'm pretty sure he's had four sacks against some really good offensive lines. Um, I think that this is going to be close game. I, I like the Cowboys, but I think that you guys have been a little bit harder on the Rams, obviously, than I have. You know, I think the Rams are a seven to eight win team i don't think that they're bad by any means i don't um, think they'll be bad but they're when they come up against you know matchups like this but again they get to be at home um i guess this will be another one where we'll be even seeing if they're going to be playing this game or not 
Um, I'm guessing LA is not going to have the great air quality as well. So, no, I think it's a close game. I do take the Cowboys. I like their new head coach. Um, obviously, they in- improved on offense and improved on defense and improved at the head coaching position. So, I still take the Cowboys. Just closer yeah. game. I think. Yeah, I'd like like I said, I just I don't have any faith in the Rams. I think they're like a six win team this year. Is awesome. Yep. All right, Titans Moving. Broncos. Okay. Wait, we got Pittsburgh. Are you wanting to save Pittsburgh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, save the, that's fine. Save the best for last. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, all right, Tennessee at Denver. Um, we saw what Tennessee is able to. You know, they're they they're running it back. We we know that with the re-signing of Derrick Henry, they're gonna. I mean, they're running it back quite literally. They're just going to run this football. We know that in, you know, Tannehill, his play at the end of last season was pretty phenomenal uh, in the, in his role as the, as this power run team was working. Um, they kept, they largely kept uh, most of their offense and defense intact. Um, you know, they did lose Jack Conklin at the right tackle spot. So we'll see how that gets affected by, uh, you know, this, this run game gets affected by that. Um yeah, I'm, I'm going Tennessee in this game. You know, Denver has too many question marks. Um, I think they added a lot of talent this year, but we still don't know exactly what Drew Locke is going to be. Um, yeah, we got to – let's see here. The only person – well, yeah, Denver and Denver loses Von Miller. Let's see, you know, he's out for the season. That's a big loss there for, the, for, for them. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that won them their Super Bowl and man it uh, – Manning's second Super Bowl. It was really because of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm taking Denver at home. Um, you know, you talk about running the ball. Denver brought in Melvin Ingram he, or Melvin Gordon. He's still he's still playing, right? It's hard to keep up with all these opt-outs and stuff. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got him. Philip Lindsay is a go, right? Yes. Yep. So, I mean, they've got, they've got that one-two punch. Both those guys can get it in the end zone. Uh, both those guys can run and catch. Uh, Drew Locke, I think he takes that next step forward. They bring in Jerry Judy uh, to pair with Cortland Sutherland. Sutherland, they have true one and two wide receivers. Uh, even real quick, I note, think Sutherland might be out. Oh, is he Sutton? Yeah, he's question, listed as questionable right questionable. now. Oh. So even then, I, I like Jerry Judy. I think he's you know one of those top players coming out of the draft. Uh, and I think again, it's just coming to play on the road, week one. You know, going from Tennessee to playing at Mile High Stadium. You know, is Derrick Henry going to have the juice to carry this team? You know, is Tannehill going to take him over the top? You know, obviously, Tennessee could take this game. A.J. Brown could have a big game. But I just like Denver at home because it's just such a home field advantage going to play in that high altitude, Um, especially if you're a team that's a grinding team. You know, you're going to have to have the juice to outplay, you know, a defense. So, And they still have Bradley Chubb on the – defensive side of the ball so they lose Vaughn Miller but they still have a dominant force on the defensive side of the ball yeah Brandon what do you got still contemplating um (laughs) yeah I think I gotta go Denver just because the the home field advantage there uh Tennessee I don't think they're gonna have as good a defense because they lost Jarrell Casey, but they did go and get Jadavian Clowney, but Jarrell Casey was more the interior guy, so I think they'll be weaker against the run. They'll be weaker against the pass, too, because they lost some good corners, or at least one good corner in Logan Ryan, and decided not to re-sign him. 
And uh, I think, yeah, I think if Denver, if the only thing Denver's missing on offense is Cortland Sutton, I think they'll still be great with Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant coming into his own. And Jerry yep. Judy, I think, is probably still going to be one of the better rookies to come out of this draft. I think he'll probably back up Clyde Edwards Hilaire's rookie of the year, oh, possibly. That's, that's, that's Henry Ruggs, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, I do like the talent on on Denver's team. It's just, I, I think, I think that ultimately Tennessee controls the clock with this run game and 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 grinds out a win. Yeah, I could see it. All I right, could, I could definitely see it going that way. All right, James, I'll let you have the floor for the last game here: Pittsburgh at New York. Big Giants, excuse me, New York Giants. Big Ben is back, baby. I mean, that's just that's just football at its best. I mean. You know, obviously I'm a Colts fan. Obviously I'm a Steelers fan. And I'm a big, 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 big Ben fan. You know, <laughs> um, he, he just, he plays football the way that football was meant to be played. So having him back is going to be great. Um, he's, you know, I'll, you know, I'm really excited to see if his elbow surgeries have come back. I was reading he had apparently like three tendons come unattached at his elbow. So not quite the Tommy John, but a very similar type of situation, I guess. So, um that being said, the Steelers defense is is back. You know, I don't know what the nickname's going to be, but this is the year I think that they go over the top. And uh, the Giants, you know, I don't know. I'm not impressed with uh, anything that they're doing over there. So, obviously, the Steelers are taking this one in a landslide. Yeah, I mean, I think Giants are going to be in competition for that number one overall pick. I just uh, hope that uh, Saquon can get a bunch of, uh, you know, garbage time. Uh, check downs <laughs> help me take that fantasy that, that, over the top yeah i uh i uh that's really why i wanted ceh over over saquon in, in one of my drafts is i just don't have confidence that this giants team is going to score a lot of points whereas on the flip side the uh, chiefs are going to score they could be they could be end up being one of the if not the highest scoring offense of all time this year i think so yeah all right. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in Pittsburgh on this one, you know, for everything we've said. You know, the Giants are, are lack – you know, they're a young team. They're building. They, they just – they're lacking in dynamic playmakers on the outside. Uh, you know, they Saquon, as talented as he is, can't carry the team by himself. I will, I will say that Pittsburgh off, offense it could be very suspect based on health because Big Ben obviously getting pretty old. And he's had a lot of a lot of injuries over the last few years, and their starting running back James Conner has been riddled with his own injuries. So they they have a chance to, if if they get hurt again, they'll kind of die, dip back down into mediocrity, even with that really stout defense. Yeah, and I think that the, I think that Ben stays healthy, um, and it, so that's the where it's like if he's not even his former self, you know, he's still going to be better than you know the scrubs that they put out there last year when they won. I think. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Seven, eight games or something. So, yeah. And I hope that Ben stays healthy because he's good for football. You know, I want to see him go out on his own, own accord. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's our first week pickums. We're going to come back at you uh, middle of the week sometime to talk about and get you ready for the next fantasy week. Uh, we should be doing two episodes a week, hopefully, moving forward from here. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, sorry, we were uh, we were uh, not recording there for a couple of weeks as we were taking care of our families and, and getting some vacations in. Yep. Uh, so I hope you all had a good summer. 
and we're going into fall and it's football season y'all yeah and now is the time uh make sure you're hitting us in the mailbag the all be all be sports pnw at gmail.com uh we'd love to hear your suggestions love to hear where we're wrong or where you think we're right uh and yeah just what kind of specifically what kind of content you guys want to see going through the season you know is there anything you wanted to dive more deeply in on uh or just focus more or less on and you know we'll make sure that we're bringing you what you want to hear so all right well that'll do it for this episode of the all b sports podcast where it's all bs all the time uh thank you for joining us and we'll see you guys soon bye-bye